Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. My name is LaCharles, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness and the grace that you have given us, Lord, that you have loved us unconditionally, Lord, even when we did not show that love towards you, Lord, but that you held on and persevered with us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead us and guide us into all truth, Lord, and that he gives us the answer to all situations. And we just thank you for the fruits that you give us that go along with listening to him, Lord, that you have provided us with gifts, Lord, on this earth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Hebrews. And this morning, we are again joined by our brother in Christ, Dean. So welcome, brother. It's good to have you with us. Greetings and salutations. Good morning. <laughs> amen. That's an inside joke. Everybody in here is laughing, so. <laughs> you would have to join us, too. Absolutely. To you, you know. Be like me, just take a 1,500-mile detour and pop in, you know? <laughs> and you're welcome. Absolutely. Welcome to be a part of this. So, so, yes, as I said, we are continuing in Hebrews, and we are going to cover in Hebrews chapter 2, again, verses 5 through 9. So if you're joining us for the first time or you're rejoining us, we want to encourage you to pause the episode now and just take a moment to read through that section of Scripture just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And at this time, we're going to open the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, LaCharles. Well, I, um, we left off in the last episode talking about how the Lord created and he had a set order. But I like to backtrack to verse 5 where we see, for he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjugations to angels. Um, and something that you would, something that you, mommy, will probably be able to expound on further, but we have to understand that with the heavenly community, he has already predestined everything to happen. Um, that fact that Adam and um, woman sinned in the garden was not a surprise to the Lord. Mm-hmm. He wasn't surprised that they suddenly ate the fruit and he was thrown off. He already understood what they're going to do before he even made them. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that while we're going through this process and why the reasons why we don't see everything come to fruition inside the natural immediately mean that we know it will come to pass because no word that the Lord says will fall dead, um, come back and return to him void or empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reason why we don't see it is because... Um, I know for me, sometimes the Lord doesn't show me or allow me to see things because I have a tendency to mess it up at the end. If I understand the blessing that's about to come to me, I may act the fool. And then the Lord can't bless me. That's something that we see constantly throughout the Old Testament. When the Lord is saying, okay, you guys are about to get blessed, then suddenly they were doing something wrong. And I know from the perspective of a child, that's constantly what happens. Um... As I said for myself, when I know something good is about to happen, I have a tendency to start acting up because I think it's guaranteed and secured. 
But we have to understand that while the Lord was doing all these things because he understood the choices and decisions we we're going to make, and the fact that as humans we are flawed and sin, sinful, we're not to remain inside that place. Which we see here is that um, from the life of David, we know that he actively, aside from the sin with Bathsheba, tried to live a life that the Lord was proud of and was worthy to and was trying to be worthy to be called the son of God, not in the perspective of he's like Jesus, but that he was someone the father counted as his son, like we see with Abraham. Mm. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. And we're supposed to live from the perspective of what we're doing inside this earth. The Lord does understand, but that we're going to sin, but we should not be allowing that caveat to excuse ourselves because there's, multiple times that the Lord had to tell me about that because they're saying, oh, Lord, you already knew I was going to sin, Lord, so it's all good. I'm going to just continue. That's the wrong perspective. And I thought, and I said, I know I have the option to do this or not, but seeing that humans are naturally sinful, I'll just go ahead and do it. The Lord understands. And that's the perspective that as humans, we give ourselves, we give ourselves liberality to go and do what we want inside the moment instead of holding ourselves to a strict standard. But also, when we see inside of verse 9 that he's talking about how Jesus suffered through death. It wasn't the death that allowed him to be crowned with honor and glory, but it was his obedience to what the Father told him. We mm -hmm. see in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if, this, if there's essentially any other way to do this, Lord, please choose that option. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. And Mommy constantly tells that we have not got to the point of resisting temptation as to mm -hmm. the point of sweating drops of blood. But we fall in meaning that we don't persevere to that point or even nowhere close to that point sometimes a, a sweat does not even break off on my forehead before i'm in it <laughs> but we want to have the same position and as i said in the last episode we have to be willing to do the exact same um that jesus did he said greater works than these will you do the caveat being when you act like me you'll be doing greater things than this not because you want to or your name is LaCharles, then you can do some greater works without doing what is right. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that, that's actually scripture. That's um, Hebrews 12. Um, let's see. Verse 3 and 4. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Um. So that, that's what the word says. And sometimes we can get um, weary in our mind thinking that it cost us so much. We're doing so much, you know, oh, what was me put to try to walk in our relationship with God. But this is really a, a, a prompting to get your mind right, basically, and straighten up because you're not working as hard as you think you are. The hard work truly and literally was done by Jesus Christ. And you get to ride on his coattails. We just get to enter in based on what he's done. That doesn't mean it doesn't require effort on our part, but we should be um, sober-minded in our perspective to realize that the, the, true, the true labor has been done, in fact, by Christ, and we should willingly enter in, especially understanding and knowing the cost, the consequence, and the sacrifice to himself that he endured so that we would have an be able to and have the opportunity to come to Christ. Um, you mentioned that the Lord doesn't tell you everything before it happens. It's not because you'll act up. It's because he requires faith. 
And your choice has to be him. Whether you see the signing sunshine at the end or not, your choice has to be from for him simply because you want and desire him. Anyone can make a choice if if you can see fame and fortune or it's all going to work out. There's no faith required. That's the very thing he said to Thomas, because you see, you believe. But blessed are those who believe without seeing. So he wants to know that you're going to follow him and trust him. And he's training you to walk with him in that way because he's God and he's the one who sets the standard. No faith is required if I already know the outcome. It's knowing at that point. But Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, for example, Abraham, when God said, sacrifice your son, he didn't say, Abraham, it's okay. You're just going to come up here and pretend like you're going to do it, but I really have a ram in the bush. You'll be all right. Just hold that knife for 10 seconds, and then it's going to be all good. No, he asked for what he required. And then when Abraham obeyed and followed him, because he gave him enough information for Abraham to make a decision, to choose whether he was going to continue to follow God after he got the the blessing and the benefit that he had believed him for previously, or he was going to stop there and say, this is enough for me. I got my son. God, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I can't hear anything else you have to say after this, because this is as far as I'm willing to go with you. But once he obeyed, then God showed him the next phase and then also revealed to him the blessing that was gained by what he did. Abraham didn't know that that was going to be the um, door opening, if you will, for the Messiah to come into the earth in the natural. It was already predestined from God, absolutely. And God still moves in the natural to get permission from those that he's given dominion to do, do the works. Just like with Mary, he didn't just put Jesus in her womb without her permission. He asked her, he presented the information, she made a decision, yes, she would cooperate and obey the will of the Father mm-hmm. and cooperate and be subject to what the Lord wanted from and through her. And that's how the Messiah came into the earth. But he does not, um, he does not violate his nature and his character or his spiritual laws that he's already set in place. He said, you will have free will as a human being. And he honors that because he would be a liar and his word would be able to be overturned if he himself did not keep it. But that's not the case because he honors his own word. Amen. But even in that example, Mary had to persevere in her faith. She, she did. had to, to be diligent to continue to walk in it. Beyond the first step and exactly. the Holy Spirit overshadowing her to... Beyond the saying yes. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. had to continue um, I mean, until Christ was born. And then beyond. And then beyond, right? Mm-hmm. Raising him and and mm-hmm. doing all the things a parent is required to do or should be doing for their children. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I bring that up because James says the same thing. And it is an, it's a message, an example for us, right? In uh, James chapter 5, starting in verse 7, he says, Therefore be patient, brethren, for the coming of the Lord. And he quotes it to farmers, right? See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Then he says, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Right? He's saying like, hey, 
Build yourself up in your faith. Exercise it like diligently is what he's getting at. But then in verse 10, he says, My brother, and take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance by Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So like you brought up with Charles, the Lord's saying very plainly and, and even has demonstrated in the lives of, of many that have gone before us, his end and how gracious and merciful he is. So there is a reward at the end, not to focus on the reward and focus on the Lord and, and believe him, right? If we love the Lord, then we should be able to put our faith in him. And if our faith or we trust him, right, can be put in him, then we should also put our hope, which is that reward. But all those things are demonstrated by our obedience to him. That is also included in what is counted, right? Those that have made their choice, love, put their faith, put their hope, demonstrate their, which is demonstrated by our obedience and includes us being counted as sons and daughters of the most high. Amen. Um, Hebrews six twelve. Uh, yes. Um, Hebrews six twelve says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so sometimes when we hear that word patience, we think sitting like a bump on a log and just waiting, you know, you just, you believe God and then you sit there. But really what he's saying here is, um, through their faith and their continuous, your, their continuation to have faith, but also to move forward in the process that God sets before them. That's how they inherit the promise. So um, how could I articulate that? So someone leaves on a journey and they say, okay, God, I believed you and I left. But then they say, here's a log. I'm going to sit there and I'll just wait until you manifest the promised land. That's not how it works. Um, we believe God and we start the journey. And then as we go along the journey, oftentimes God will say, okay, here's the next step. Go here or do this. Um, and for us, it's the continuation to believe God at every step of the journey, every step of the way, everything that he asked us to believe. There's not just a one-time question that's presented or a one-time opportunity, but it's a, a continuation. It's a, a series of opportunities to believe God, opportunities to choose to continue with him that he is looking for. And those are the ones who inherited the promises. Sarah didn't just have to believe that she would conceive Isaac. She had to believe, you know, I can speak to this as a woman who has carried children. She had to believe that the pregnancy would come to its fullness. It's one thing to get pregnant. It's another thing to deliver that, that child. And it's another thing to deliver at the appointed time the fullness of time, the full um, maturity mm -hmm. or gestation for that baby. Then it's another thing to have a successful delivery. It's another thing to nurse that child. I mean, and then it's another thing to raise that child. I mean, I could go on and on Absolutely. of all the opportunities that faith has to be engaged just with that simple process um, to, to succeed by faith in that arena. So she could have said, okay, I conceived, but I can't believe God that I'm gonna go full nine months with this baby, I'm old they're heavy, you know, what's going to happen. She could have quit there, but she didn't. She kept going. She kept going until she not only uh, gave birth to Isaac, but she nursed him and weaned Isaac and got to see him grow up. 
that took faith at every step and segment of that journey because she could have quit and said, I'll just die at giving birth to him. She didn't have to go on and nurse that son until he was weaned, which was years back in that day. She didn't have to do that, but she chose to walk with God and continue with him in that process. Dean, do you have something you wanted to say? Yes, and. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yes, and to what you were saying. Uh, there's, There's so many facets to the radiant glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a, like as an example, it's a poor example, but as a diamond, right? All the facets and mm-hmm. how the light hits them, and each one is radiant in its own way. And there's infinite aspects of God that we get to see. Let's consider David. David had the opposite. He wasn't required to wait patiently, per se, right, or passively. Mm-hmm. He was actually required to wait in complete opposition of what was prophesied over him, right? He didn't just like, you're going to be made king. Now the king is coming after him to kill him. He's having mm-hmm. to defend himself mm-hmm. to being killed from the very thing that he is. And he even faced with the opportunity to kill his enemy, in mm-hmm. which obviously God gave him permission to kill his enemies. He killed many of his enemies, right? Mm-hmm. It, he was a man of much blood, right? Mm-hmm. But here when he had the opportunity to kill his number one enemy who was keeping him from the destiny that was prophesied over him, Obviously, God shared with him something different that's not clearly outlined for us in Scripture. And he said, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, here's his opportunity to step into his destiny laid before him. And everybody's telling him, take it. Mm-hmm. And yet he had to remain faithful to what God had shared with him and trust oh. in faith mm-hmm. that this was not the time, even though everything indicated it was. Mm-hmm. And that's the Scripture about that in particular says his heart troubled him. He didn't have the peace of God on killing Saul and making his own way. And he said, ah, mm-mm, I'm not going beyond the peace of God. I'm going to stick to the plan, just like you said. And God will bring him in. God will see that finished and done so that he could inherit the blessing. God is a, he is the author and finisher Amen. of our faith. But those are two separate points. The, the start and the end, that's two different points. And we have to stay with God from the beginning, through the middle to the end. And then beyond. That's our, our, our joy <laughs> and our pleasure, but our obligation and our duty mm-hmm. to walk with him in that way and keep the faith the entire time. The scripture says he has no pleasure in those who turn back or um, forsake their once confession of faith in him. He doesn't mm-hmm. take pleasure in us going out. Oh, well, I thought that now, never mind. I can't do it anymore. No, he wants us to continue to the end because he is continuing to the end. He doesn't quit. Well, the listeners don't know the full, my full testimony, but you, you, you all do. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. so the Lord gave me a vision and mm-hmm. I said, great Lord, got it. Took off and ran for 10 years in that completely out of his will. Mm. So it's Amen. very important that we understand what he's given us and be obedient to that and not take it into our own hands. <laughs> Amen. There's also a demonstration of faith, right? Just allowing the Lord to have his way. Yes, David, well, we all say it. In this example that we're, we're discussing with Saul, it demonstrates also why uh, the Lord said about him that he had a, a heart after the Lord, right? Or he was a man after the Lord's own heart because, yes, he could have extended out his hand against King Saul, his enemy. But what is the nature and character and attributes of our Lord? Love. Gracious, mercy. He wills that none should perish. He desires that no one should perish. Right? He demonstrates 
patience, even against the wicked, in order that they would have time to repent and to turn back to the Lord and get into alignment with his will, his plan, his purpose, and, and his covenant. And in that same moment, right, however brief, where David then said, no, I'm not going to raise my hand against them. What was he doing? He was exercising patience and a desire to not snatch the opportunity for himself, but to provide every opportunity and extend time, if you will, or follow the Lord's timetable to give the man grace and mercy that he would still have time to repent and to come back into alignment with the Lord. And isn't that required of all of us? Yes. Yes. But that takes faith in the Lord, not in ourself and our own plan, exercising our own will, but to do the will of the Lord exclusively. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the revelation that you've given to each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you for the growth that we've experienced and the good time that we had in your presence, God. We ask that you'll bless our partners and our listeners as they go to work and go to school or wherever it is that you call them to go, Lord. And we ask that you will protect them, Lord, and that you will guide them in every situation that they encounter, Lord, as you promised that you do, and you're faithful to keep, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.